Hello and welcome to another episode of Castadins the Fire podcast. I'm on again with Mom. Hello. And we're going to be reviewing the Redwall Cookbook, um, which is a collection of recipes themed around, you know, the Redwall world. I know we haven't been uploading Redwall episodes for a while. We are going to get back to that now that we're finished up with The Hobbit. Um, and this isn't going to be the only cookbook review we do either, but um, it's the one we're doing right now. So this one... Um, it was it was made in 2005, so it's been around a little while. And it's by Brian Jakes, and it's illustrated by Christopher Denise. Or Dennis? Denise. I would say Dennis. But, uh... And, uh... Christopher lives in Rhode Island and went to RISD for art school. And he's done work on the Great Redwall Feast, A Redwall Winter's Tale, and many other books for young readers. Um, he's very talented. I love his work. And in the dedication... It also mentions a Constance who collected the recipes um, by, you know, Brian Jakes. And it, it didn't give any last names, so I don't know who Constance is, but you know, someone else who helped on this. And um, I should mention that Christopher Dennis also you know, dedicates to Annika, Sophia, and Isabel. So this cookbook, with the exception of one recipe containing uh, shrimp, this is vegetarian food. So a whole cookbook of vegetarian recipes with the one exception. It's, you know, set in the kind of thing that the cooks from Redwall would have made. Now I say vegetarian... It's not vegan. There's a lot of butter, a lot of milk and cheese. But you could do the appropriate substitutions if you're vegan and still make most of the recipes using, you know, dairy substitutes for the butter and the milk and so on. And as we mentioned before, it's full of beautiful illustrations. And before each recipe, there's a little story that's you know, several paragraphs long. Now, just, I wanted to put in one little thing about the Constance. I've always wondered if it was Constance the Badger. And he was just being cute by uh, dedicating it ah. to Constance. Well, that uh, could be. And before you get to the recipes themselves, um, there's a thing where it shows a little picture of an adult mouse and a little dipping mole. And the adult mouse before each recipe, it's supposed to show that it needs adult supervision. You know, I guess because there's a stove or sharp knives. And the dibbon is for child or dibbon friendly for a kid to make alone. Though it never hurts to have a parent in yeah. the kitchen. 
Now I'd say the average red wall reader is probably old enough to do some kitchen things alone, but you know, maybe you're being read to and you're younger and you still want to try some. Mm-hmm. And the recipes are divided by seasons, so there's spring, summer, fall, winter recipes. But, you know, you can make it any time since you got the grocery store. You don't have to have your food seasonally. We've done a number of these recipes from here. Yeah, we've done almost all of them. Now, some of them were a while back, so I may not remember much about them besides we did them. It was good. You know, mm-hmm. good. Now, the first recipe it shows is a Harris Paw Spring Vegetable Soup. So this is, it's cabbage soup. Uh, we actually talked about this in a previous podcast when we did a season day feast. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really a cabbage soup kind of person, but I liked it. The whole family liked it. Um, don't really have anything to say about this besides yeah, it was good and um, relatively easy to make. And a crispy cheese and onion hog bake. Nice illustration of the um, cellar hog rolling a barrel. Now, it was some years ago that we did this, and it's it's a uh, baked in a casserole dish, and it was all right. I didn't think find the tomato to have baked in very evenly, and I don't know if it was supposed to be like that or not. The tomato still tasted kind of uncooked when we did it. And it's, you know, it's tomato and a cornflake topping, onion, cheese, uh, eggs. It's like a, like a vegetable casserole. Yeah. And the next one is also a vegetable casserole a la formal. And I don't actually have much memory of how this turned out. It, I think we did it. It's potatoes and carrots and turnip or rutabaga, leeks, some, you know, vegetables different than a lot of people necessarily have in their fridge. Uh, um, I'm thinking primarily of the the leeks or the rutabaga, uh, and it's hit or miss finding those in the grocery store at any given time. The next recipe is also leeks. Gourmet Garrison grilled leeks, and it's just, you know, you grill the leeks and you have butter and Parmesan cheese and uh, a Dijon mustard on them. Now, I have noticed that in a lot of fandom cookbooks, leeks are very much a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, leeks, they're alright. I find them a little over, overdone, overrated. Like, they got their place, but does every fandom cookbook got to put leeks in? Well, I think <laughs> if the fandom has any 
British connection, I think leagues are more popular in England than they are in the United States. I thought that too, but I look at the Game of Thrones cookbook and I'm like, okay, it's not set in England. Maybe it's got some England inspiration, but it's not England. The author isn't English. The people who wrote the cookbook aren't English, and there's still leaks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Leaks are all right. <laughs> well, I do think of Game of Thrones as more European than uh, here. It's like the the politics and the feel of it are more European. Mm-hmm. Some of the plants and animals are more North American uh, inspired, but yeah. not to digress into a Game of Thrones tangent in a Red Wall uh, thing. But it's all right. Um, the next one is the stuffed springtide mushrooms. So oh, this is a very, you know, basic stuffed mushrooms recipe with breadcrumbs and cheese, and you know, you bake the little mushroom caps on a pan, and oh, it's got sesame seeds, quite a bit. No, they're good. I find them a bit dry compared to some of the more Lord of the Rings inspired mushroom things I've done before. Mm-hmm. Which, alright, to be honest, I haven't always made those strictly from a cookbook. Like, oh yeah, I've got to put together some sausage and some cream cheese and breadcrumbs and right. hobbits will like this. Um, now this being red wall, there's no sausage. So it could have been made with some cream cheese. Yeah, that would have... I'd say some cream cheese would improve it. It's good as is. I think it could be better with cream cheese. I mean, it's got butter. It's got hard cheese. Probably cheddar. Though it says use your favorite. Um, so you could... Yeah. Parmesan, you could... <laughs> I'm thinking of, of... Chopping up some... Uh, other vegetables fine and uh, sauteing them to add to the filling for the mushrooms too that would be something I'd consider uh, maybe a little celery a little carrot little onion little garlic um, but I always feel like when you make a new recipe you should start with the base recipe and make it once and then if you want to tweak it or alter it to make it your own, do that after you have done it once the first time. Uh, one general observation on this book, and uh, not so much with the mushroom recipe with its you know, dried parsley and dried thyme in it. I mean, maybe I'd use a little more than it said, but... I find it... Not very adventurous on the spices and seasonings. Now, to be fair, this is supposed to be British cooking, and I'm a hot pepper junkie who pretty much goes crazy with other spices, too. But I think that the mice of Redwall were a bit more adventurous than average with the spices. Like, they put, like, mint in the potato pasties and... Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could have been a bit more... In the cookbook, I mean. I mean, they're all right as is. I'm just somebody who likes things to be a bit spice crazy and 
That's a matter of personal taste. Well, you do get into a little bit of spices a little further along. A very little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yes. I'll mourn that later. Yeah, there's a... Uh, Abbott's Special Abbey Trifle. Uh, I, I believe I made this. I think I remember making this, but it was a while back. And it's pretty much a standard trifle. You've got um, sponge cake or lady fingers broken up. Now, lady fingers, those are like a little, like a... Looks like a miniature Twinkie. Yeah, it's a lot like a Twinkie without the cream filling. Yeah. And I think it's more of a European thing. Um, you can probably find this at the store, if not... Yeah, I've seen them. I've, I've bought lady fingers before. You could probably use actual Twinkies. That would be a little... Uh, that would different. be a little... Uh, yeah. But... Or sponge cake, and you got um, raspberries. I think you could use angel food cake well, too. Um, calls for a quarter cup of sugar to do with the raspberries. You're supposed to cook the raspberries and dissolve sugar into them. Now, once again, in my personal opinion... I don't think fruit tastes better with more sugar in it. I like the natural sugar of the fruit. I know fruit juices up more when you sugar it. That's why you put the sugar in the strawberries when you're doing right. angel food. So, if you like it a bit less sweet and can deal with it being a little less juiced up, maybe you want to leave that out. I would. But it does say to put it in. Or start out light. Just sprinkle a little. Don't put a quarter cup. A sprinkling. And see how that goes. Like, I don't care for if I'm, like, eating a fruit pie and it tastes like a total sugar bomb. I like it. I like to taste how the fruit actually is. And it's got a custard sauce recipe. Now, there's more than one thing with a custard sauce recipe in it, and... Um, I wonder how often Americans, which we are, do this so much, but... Yeah, you're heating egg yolks and milk and vanilla bean pod and sugar on a stove and you gotta get it just right because if you overcook it just a little it gets a skin on it and doesn't taste right anymore. And Well, the way to prevent a skin is to, when it's still hot and you've taken it off to cool, you put plastic wrap directly down, touching the entire surface of the custard and that, as long as that plastic wrap is covering the custard, that'll prevent a skin. Um, the next recipe is a spiced gatehouse tea bread, and I think it was you who made this. I think I provided the tea and you made the bread. I think you may have made this while I was at work. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a spiced bread, and the thing that's a little different with it is you put in one and a half cups of hot brewed tea. I think we used Earl Grey, and it just says tea. Mm-hmm. And it has some mixed uh, raisins, currants, and golden raisins. Uh, regarding currants... 
And currents are uh, their own thing. It's a red or blackish dark purple berry that grows on a bush. I've tried to grow several currant bushes. And between how weak they were when I planted them and how often my dog messed with them, I think they're just dead. Um, but if you try to buy currants at a normal American store, and I don't know how the UK compares, they're not really currants. They're small, tiny raisins, but it's not a, from a currant bush. It's a grape. I'm sure it's good either way, but I don't know what currants are actually intended here. Right. And probably, I don't, probably real currants. But. Probably real ones, but here, I don't know, maybe if you try a health food store, but I don't think even then. Your Zante currants, they taste good, but they're just mini raisins. Um, honey baked apples recipe, it's... It's basically... It's a, it's a baked apple. It's you, a baked apple. You put stuffing of, you know, dried fruits and honey, honey in, inside of it. And you make you that custard it. sauce again for serving. Yep. Uh, if you don't feel like doing the custard sauce, there are other things you could do that... Well, one thing they suggest is Heavy drizzling, cream. Yeah, drizzling it with heavy cream. You could do whipped cream... I don't think this would go well with the apples, but it probably would be okay with the trifle. Maybe vanilla pudding. I, I don't know. Yeah. As a hot mint tea recipe. I know about this one. It's... You have a tea bag, black tea, and you have fresh mint, and you brew it, and you put in honey. It's pretty straightforward. Now... To some people, mint tea is black tea with mint in it. Now, to me, mint tea is mint, and you brew the mint leaves. Do them fresh, do them dry, but mint leaves and just mint leaves. And I know Redwall is supposed to be all Britishy and so on, but I think it's more likely that the Redwallers were using just straight mint. They make a lot of herbal teas there, and black tea, that's that's an imported product. And Redwall doesn't exactly seem to have any established trade with more warmer climates. Yeah. So, I'm not sure they really would have real tea. And there's another recipe later with chocolate in it, and I don't think they'd have chocolate at all. I, I'd see that as, oh, you sailed to the tropics, and oh, here's this bean. It tastes bad until you put the sugar in it. Let's bring this back. Uh, and since no such uh, trade connections seem to be going, uh, I don't think they got any chocolate. Coming into the summer stuff here, I think this is going to be my first truly negative review. Hot root sun salad. Now it's parsnips, carrots, and you peel them and cut it into matchsticks. So I think it's like, what do you call it, julienning it, but making it even narrower than usual. Artichokes peeled and sliced. Jerusalem artichokes. 
a leak, leak again. And a dressing of uh, wine vinegar, olive oil, hot pepper sauce, and a pinch of salt. And these vegetables, you plunge them into boiling water to make them, like, partially cooked. I didn't like this. I tried it. I didn't like it. I gave it a try. You can't say I didn't try it, but... The half-cooked vegetables and vinegar... I'm a little biased. I'm not somebody who likes vinegar except, you know, as part of, like, a cucumber pickle. Mm -hmm. So maybe somebody who likes vinegar would like this better. But this was a nope for me. And even the hot sauce, I like hot sauce, but this didn't taste like something hot sauce is good on. And mom didn't try it, so I don't know how she would have thought. Nobody else tried it. I didn't really make enough for other people to really... So on to the next one, which we liked better. Brockhall Badger Carrot Cakes. Now this is not carrot cake, the dessert. These are... It's basically mashed potato with grated carrots. The nearest thing I can compare it to is something like a latka, but it wasn't quite that. Like a like a corn fritter, like a, a potato cake. It's it's you know potato, carrot, and onion, and breadcrumbs. You know, it's, it's all. But think of this as more like a savory vegetarian side to go with dinner or even a main course, but it's not a dessert even though it says carrot cakes. Right. Okay, the Great Hall Gooseberry Fool. Now this is another it's hard for Americans to get gooseberries. You might find it at an Amish market or some other specialty. I, once again, I tried to grow a gooseberry bush. I think it is dead. Um, this, I imagine it's easier to get in the UK. We ended up substituting green grapes and cutting them up. I'm, I know it's not right, but it's the closest I could do. And it's got the custard again, or substitute vanilla pudding. So this is a a dessert that you'd eat almost like a little parfait in a little cup. And grated chocolate. Remember how I went on this long spiel about chocolate and how I don't think Redwall would even know what it is. Right. It's here. I liked it. Maybe Gooseberry Fool, I would say, is... Very authentic to red wall chocolate on top. Not so much. I tried it as best I could as somebody who could not get gooseberries. <laughs> the cheerful church mouse cherry crisp. And oh, it's actually showing the red wall is having a little uh, 
I don't know that I'd call this a full feast, but definitely an outdoor lunch. Picnic. They got little floral arrangements and a giant cheese on a table. I think it's a cheese. Yeah, it's it very like nice. It. Well, it's pretty much a basic cherry crisp. It's got a fresher frozen cherries. You take all the pits out. Sugar, which I would personally leave, leave out, but it's not all that much, so. Rolled, rolled out topping with um, raw sugar, sliced almonds, sesame seeds, honey. I'd go for a few spices. Yeah, this is the kind of thing I think you could put some cinnamon or mace or nutmeg. Yes, that's my opinion too. Um, uh, Rosie's Jolly Raspberry Jelly Rock Cakes. And it shows Rosie there with her rock cakes, and she's a hedgehog. Now, a rock cake is like... It's another very British thing, but it's... A cookie with an indent in the middle, and it's full of jelly. Thumbprint cookies, they call them here. I think the rock cakes may be a bit bigger. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I may... We did them. They were good. I'm not sure how they compare with thumbprint cookies. I kind of associate rock cakes with Hagrid from Harry Potter. And Hagrid is known for making them terrible so you can't bite into them. But this is Red Wall where they're better. Uh, <laughs> I once made a cookie as extra credit in German class that was so rock hard. We actually drove over. I spilled them in the driveway and we actually drove over them and they didn't break. Well, I think the joke with Hagrid is nobody but Hagrid can eat Hagrid's cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the nearest equivalent in Redwall might be when Aunt Rosie cooks something. Uh, Aunt Rosie is not the same Rosie. Aunt Rosie is a hare. This is Rosie the Hedgehog, who apparently is a perfectly good cook, so no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Afternoon uh, tea scones with strawberry jam and cream. Um, pretty much a basic scone that's a little bit spiced and... Um, you serve it with strawberry jam and clotted cream or whipped cream. Clotted cream, another British thing. We actually have some. We in the have fridge. some in the fridge. You could make that. You tend to have to either go to a British or European grocery, or I've read, I've heard that how you make it. You told me about this. How was clotted cream made? Uh, it I, involved, like, partially, like, baking it in the oven or something. I, Please I, don't take any of our advice on how to make clotted cream. Look it up for yourself. The We buy it at the store. Yeah, the clotted cream in the fridge. It came in a jar. Somebody else made it. A tiny jar. Yeah. They tend to cost... 
like $10 or more for a tiny jar. It almost reminds me of like very nice homemade butter, but lighter. Ah, this says that clotted cream... I'm looking on the internet right now. Clotted cream is a thick cream made by heating full cream cow's milk using steam or a water bath and then leaving it in shallow pans to cool slowly. During this time, the cream content rises to the surface and forms clots or clouts, hence the name. It forms an essential part of a cream tea. And this is from Wikipedia. So no, you don't put it in the oven, but I must have remembered the part about pans and... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, not much comment about the scones themselves. The scones are good. You put the clotted cream on them, and the jam. It's got pumpkin pie spice or a quarter teaspoon each of ground cinnamon, ginger, and nutmeg. A heaped quarter teaspoon. Uh, the Squirrel Mum's Blackberry and Apple Cake. And it's got a picture of the Squirrel Mum with the cake. Um, uh, the drawing, she has such long ears. Like, Mum saw this and thought this was a bunny. And she yeah, does look kind of like a bunny. Looking at her face and ears, she looks like a bunny. And, yeah, we showed our dog this picture and she just, like, licked it. But <laughs> Of course, we have two copies of this cookbook. One of them has been used <laughs> quite extensively for cooking, so it may have the sense, you know, from us touching the pages, may have Yeah, I'm sure she, I don't it. think she really looked at that and thought that was really a squirrel, and that's not her reaction to seeing actual squirrels, which would be more like pure insanity, but <laughs> this, the cake, we did it, but I didn't help make it. It tasted good after it was made. You did it. Yeah. And it's... It's got blackberries and apple and... It's kind of a moist cake. Yeah, a lot of these recipes are calling for a Demerara raw in parentheses sugar or granulated... Well, you can generally find raw sugar uh, in the store. I think we mostly just use regular sugar, yeah. but... Yeah, you can get it. If you can't get it in a store, you can generally get it online. Um, Gassim Shrew shortbread. And... It's shortbread, no real comment here. Shortbread is heavy on the butter, very buttery rich, very good, best eaten in small quantities. I don't think this is the same as the shrew bread that the shrews are eating all the time in the books. Yeah. I think it's actual bread that they're eating. Right. Now, what would have been nice to include in this book, but isn't. They have in the third Redwall book, Madame Mayo, something called a shrew cake. That they cook on a flat rock, and it's full of honey and bits of fruit. 
and I think this is based on something called a Shrewsbury cake, which is not included in this cookbook, but you can find recipes online, and it's little uh, cookies with honey and bits of fruit in some versions of it, and it's really good. So not in this cookbook, but it ought to be, and definitely worth looking up. Now the next thing is summer strawberry fizz. Now this, I'm going to say it was really good, but I would not say particularly authentic. It's strawberries, which are holds, which I think means like the middle's been cut out. Yeah. Strawberry ice cream, sugar and seltzer water, and you blend them. So basically, it's like a strawberry milkshake float cream soda kind of thing. Uh, ice cream, I'm not going to say it's not in Redwall at all, because it is mentioned in the first book and then never again. Mm-hmm. Um, strawberry fizz. In the books, it's treated like a very, very sweet, fizzy drink that's kept in the barrels in the cellar. I don't think it's alcoholic, or at least not strongly so, because it's mostly associated with the Dibbons drinking it. So I don't know what real-world thing could be made that's similar to that. I would almost think of it as a strawberry soda, but with real strawberry instead of the fake stuff. And I don't even know how you would do that. Or... Yeah, uh, somehow I imagine it's more of a soda pop thing than, uh... I'm not sure you even can do that. Like, oh, a strong strawberry soda pop-ish thing that has real strawberry, and you can just keep it in a barrel without it going bad or turning into a not dipping friendly alcohol... Uh, maybe it's something that only works in fantasy, or maybe somebody who's knows more about brewing actually does know how this can be done but the recipe in the cookbook it's good but it's not that right I'm on to autumn recipes there's the the famous one the most favorite deeper and ever turnip and tater and beetroot pie and now this is another we did it. It's good. It doesn't resemble what I imagine reading the books at all, really. So you've got your turnips and carrots and potato. Potato and the potato is like spread on top like a mashed potato as if it were shepherd's pie with veg instead of meat. And the pickled beets just go on the side. Yeah, I would see beetroot in it. Like, it certainly wasn't bad, but... I always imagine reading the books, all of the roots, including the beets, are in the pie. No carrots, because carrots not in the name. And it having a pie crust kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Picture how it's done with chicken pie, but, you know, without the chicken... So this is 
I'm not sure whether that means this isn't quite right, or whether it just doesn't match my imagination and it's a matter of interpret. Well, I don't certainly rem- everything here was approved by Brian Jakes. I don't remember for sure whether there's ever a pie crust mentioned with the the mall's pie, but I think yeah. there was something like that. I don't know. And yeah, it's got a grated hard cheese like cheddar on top and they recommend serving it with a crisp green salad. More potatoes here. Bell ringers reward roast roots and baked spuds. It's pretty sh- straightforward. It's roast rutabaga, parsnip, carrots, um, potatoes. Um, it actually has the roasting of the vegetables and the baking of the potatoes separate. Oh boy, this one. October Ale. Their version of October Ale here is ginger beer or ginger ale, grape juice, and sugar mixed. Sugar if you... Omit the sugar if you're using ginger ale. Okay. I understand they're trying to have the cookbook be dibbin friendly and, you know, if your little dibbins are asking for October Ale, you know, this is you know, safe to give then, because it's not beer. It's sugary, more than a bit sugary, but not beer. In the books themselves, October Ale is definitely real ale. It is actually a song, I believe it's in the Long Patrol book, detailing how it's made. You want the real recipe for October Ale... Uh, go look up the October Ale song. Um, actually, someone put it on YouTube also, but... Yeah. And it's... You know, all these grains and herbs and... Um, keeping it ten seasons in the cellar, it's beer. Um, this... I made it just to, you know, have tried it. The ginger ale grape juice combination... I didn't care for it. I've already, I think, given my opinion on things that are overly sweet. Yeah, grape juice is is pretty sweet. It does not need the one teaspoon of sugar. Yeah, definitely. I almost feel like if your kids want October ale so much, like give them root beer or something. Like yeah. <laughs> It can, you know, foam up in the mug and it's kid safe. Ah. Um, Autumn Oat Favorites. I didn't help make this either, but it's little, uh... It's a type of sweet oat cookie of sorts, yes. Ah, and here we go. My favorite recipe in here. I've made it, I've lost count of how many times and substituted different kinds of fruit, but it's all basically the same recipe either way. Hare's Haversack Crumble. It calls for frozen blueberries or blackberries, 
Um, the sugar, which I only used the first time I made it. And a topping of brown sugar, chopped nuts, and uh, flour. And you serve it with that custard sauce or ice cream. This is very easy to make. It turns out good. It's great to bring if you're like bringing the dessert for a get-together. People will be impressed. Everyone's going to like it. And it calls for the blueberries or blackberries. I've made it with raspberry. I've made it with like mixed I don't think I've made it with just raspberry. But the mixed berries from the frozen. I think I put strawberry in it before. I've made it with wine berries that I harvested from the wild. Now, if you don't know what those are... You could make it with some apples in it, too. You could do it with a mixture of <laughs> the fruits. Wine berries aren't a thing that exists in Redwall and they're not in the cookbook, but they grow a lot around here because they're invasive. It's actually a type of raspberry native to Japan. It doesn't have much of a shelf life, not cooked or frozen, but they're delicious and I've made this recipe with them instead of the blueberries. Highly recommended. I've done it with hazelnut, I've done it with pecan. I've thought of, I don't think I've ever done this, but I've thought of adding like a little bit of oats, oatmeal to the topping. Yeah, I think that would be good. I like oatmeal as a part of a topping. Because it's basically, you're you're talking, it's another uh, uh, crisp. And they call it haversack crumble. There's no way you could carry this in a haversack. It's... Not travel friendly. And the next one, I don't know how it was supposed to turn out, but I wasn't impressed with it when I made it. The Harvestberry Sunset Pud. It calls for fresher frozen raspberries, fresher frozen blackberries, um, honey. And a small loaf sliced white or wheat bread with the crust cut off. And whipped cream for serving. And it talks about like lining a bowl with the bread and cooking the berries with the honey to till they pretty much break down. Break bring to a simmer, cook for ten minutes. And then you're putting the honeyed fruit into the bread and and covering it with, uh, you cover it with more bread or not? Yes, you cover it with more bread. Oh, that's right. See, I tried to make this, and I did it alone. But this. Oh, yeah, and I got weird with the honey. Like, I had some exotic honeys. At the very least, I used some honey from killer bees in this. That's cool. Uh, when I made it, it ended up just tasting like sandwich bread with 
like mash jam in the middle. Yeah, which makes sense because that's basically what it I is. I don't know whether that's supposed to be how it turns out or whether it's supposed to turn out nicer than that. But I was not greatly impressed with it. Um, Lumhedge Legacy Nut Bread. Oh, this was some years ago we did this. It's not bread. It's kind of a hard, almost scone-like bread. Got a little sip with cayenne pepper in it. Quarter teaspoon cayenne pepper. <laughs> Which is much... No real comment here. Ah, oh, Dippin's Delight. This was like nut brittle almost. It was... It had the corn syrup and chopped mixed nuts and sugar and do it in a pan and... Yeah, it's basically nut brittle. Golden Hill Pears, we did this. It was... Pears and sugar and allspice, and you cook them together. And this is another I thought was too sweet. I could see this maybe serving with like an ice cream, but it doesn't say to do that. Right. Uh, winter recipes shrimp and hot root soup. I've made this a few times. This is the one not vegetarian recipe in the whole book with the shrimp so to make it vegetarian you skip the shrimp but th then it's kind of i don't know what you call it like a vegetable chowder uh yeah yes i would most closely call this similar to a chowder um saying as a New Englander who chowder has milk in it. Right. No tomatoes. <laughs> it's got a lot of leeks. So it calls for medium leeks. Now, you get a leeks at the store in America. They're giant. I don't know that I've ever seen a medium leek. Uh, and when you buy leeks, you get Three or four, depending on their size, but they're enormously long. Yeah, it's got vegetable stock or bullion, um, potatoes, shrimp that you peel first. And my main comment here, it calls for one teaspoon curry powder or chili powder or to taste. Now, if you've ever read those Redwall books, those otters are insane with the amount of spice they put in. Other animals are in pain and gulping water when they eat it. And some of the otters go even crazier and use extra pepper. Um, one of the otters has a pepper from some pirate ship and it's even hotter and... In other words, otters are hot pepper junkies like I describe myself as. And this is barely going to register as noticeable if you follow the recipe and use your one teaspoon 
I doubled it, and it still was really weak. One time I just went all out, and in my own bowl I put in a ton of chili powder, and I put... I served it to myself with a scorpion pepper and some Tabasco peppers. And that's more to the... Well, curry powders can also vary greatly on how zippy they are. Uh, the curry powder I finished using up recently was very, very, very bland. And so I ordered hot curry powder online and it actually is hot so I don't have to put a ton into a bowl anymore but you know this this saying a teaspoon of curry powder in in the dish I'd put that much of hot curry powder in a regular bowl of something so yes it is way too conservative with the spice the otters would not approve put in more now it does say or to taste, and I'd say that's your license to go crazy if you can handle it. If you're new to spices, start out. It maybe actually follow well, the recipe. Yeah, and and get more adventurous as time comes on. We're very adventurous. And with the our spices. time I put in a ton of chili powder into my single bowl, although I am into spice, I eat the world's hottest peppers. Um, chili powder has a strong, overwhelming flavor of its own that I confess I kind of went too far with it. It overpowered the... Yeah. Now, regarding curry powder, it's actually... It's not like, oh, there's this one single spice and that's curry powder. There are two unrelated plants that are called curry. One of them's a little herb thing and the other's a tree. And most curry powder doesn't have either one of them in it. Um, it's a spice blend of um, like the yellow curry tend to have a lot of turmeric in it. Um, chili powder is common. Um, now when I think some curry cinnamon. leaves are mentioned in cooking, is that from the tree? That's from the tree. And I don't think you straight up eat them either. I think it's like you mince them really fine or you treat it like a bay leaf. And I'm not actually precisely sure what you do with a curry leaf. I've never gotten any. Now the curry plant, it smells like the turmeric curry. And even though it is edible and apparently it's used in Mediterranean cooking... I've tried the raw leaves and they didn't taste good to me. They they smelled like curry. They tasted bitter. Okay. Um, I think you could experiment different ways with hot root soup. And as long as you've got hot and you've got shrimp, it's otter-worthy. Right. Um, I don't know if I even necessarily... Yeah, I didn't always imagine it having milk in it reading the books, but it never said it didn't have milk either, so... You got shrimp, you got hot, the otters would approve. That's... That... 
vegetable mold bake. It's another one of those casseroles. It's cauliflower, carrots, peas, tomatoes, cheese. It doesn't feel all that different from the other... The vegetable casserole and the hog bake onion thing and... You do make a nice sauce from the butter and flour and milk and cream. So you make sort of a a thick cream sauce to pour over the vegetables. I'm not a major cauliflower enthusiast. It was still good. I th- if you really like cauliflower, you yeah. really enjoy this. I'm a cauliflower fan, so I I would love it. And it's it's a baked casserole, and you've got the cheddar cheese on top, and it's got a heavy cream. Now here's a recipe. Stones in a swamp. I haven't made it yet. And. Well, it's got a lot of dry beans in it. And I kind of have shied away from. I don't want to soak the beans overnight. No, it's not hard to do. And there's a faster method for doing beans. You boil them for an hour. And then you let it cool. And then. You. You. you cook them again, but soaking overnight isn't hard. It's just planning ahead. And it's very heavy on the beans, which may not be suited to everybody's stomach. Going. Well, it's only a half cup of each, but a lot of onion, celery, cloves, garlic cloves, uh, mushrooms, bell pepper, vegetable broth, tomatoes, it's got a nice assortment. And I like beans. It's got a um, parsley dumpling. It's rolled oats, breadcrumbs, parsley. And cheddar. Uh, what are they doing with the dumplings? They're Generally, dumplings are put on top of a boiling liquid soup sort of thing. And so they cook in the the broth, basically. Speaking of dumplings, you know what they should have had in here? They don't. Don't look for it in here because it's not here. Bubbling bobs. The part where they uh, make a sort of dumpling thing around a shrimp and they kind of fry it and they put it in the, the soup. The otters did this. Mm-hmm. But that, that's a separate thing. And it's not in here. I think it's described well enough in the actual red wall book. You can copy it if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, within, of course, reasonable safety and availability, like, you can read a red wall book and try to do some of the stuff they describe in it. Might turn out okay. I've tried to make the grayling type recipe. I have never gotten a hold of an actual grayling, so I've had to use different fish. Right. They don't sell them in the store around here. I've never caught one around here. I know it's in the trout family. So, 
guess you use a trout or something. And, yeah, we did the thing where you poach it in, like, a cream or milk, and I didn't have any gooseberry wine, so I substitute white wine and put in the herbs. And, oh, I did something years ago with a fish called a char, which is also a trout family. And I didn't point-blank do the red wall recipe, but I, the way I cooked it was kind of inspired by that, and that turned out good, and... There's an arctic grayling. Well, I haven't caught one of those either. Well, that's in the salmon family. Trout, salmon, one big happy uh, family. 4.6 pounds. Most of the fish I cook, I catch myself, though so it has to do with how lucky I've been and where I have available to fish. I didn't catch the char. They don't live any state I've lived in. Um, we do live close to a creek and a river, both within a short walk. And so there I am, like, cooking up the oversized minnows that I'm catching, or hey, some sometimes I've gotten a trout because they stock it for the fishing derby, and Anyway, yeah, there's a lot you can attempt to do from the Red Wall books themselves. My uh, one word of warning is they keep doing, like, buttercup-themed things. Please don't eat buttercups. They are poisonous. Um, maybe they just mean, oh, it's got butter in it. Uh, Anyway, back to the cookbook. Savory Squirrel Bakes. This was similar to the Badger Carrot Cake, in my opinion. It's it's potatoes, cheese, and chives and things, and you bake it into little small cakes. And I've uploaded pictures of this on the internet after it's made, and I'm like, savory squirrel bakes, it doesn't contain squirrel, it's actually vegetarian. Uh, it's a, another good one. Outside and inside cobbler riddle. This is another I don't think we've ever done. It looks probably like a basic enough cobbler. What do you think? Yeah, it's three to four pounds of mixed fruits. All of which um, are like the kind that have a pit inside and you got to take the pit out and chop them. <coughs> um, sweetened with uh, brown sugar and... Uh, Flour and an orange zest. I don't think there's any oranges in Red Wall, but. Uh. And the topping. Is it normal to have yogurt in the cobbler topping? No. So I, I don't know how that is because we haven't done it, but it's probably good. We We will surely get all these recipes the ones that we haven't done though we have done most we've done most of them um 
we surely will complete and do all of the recipes in this book. Because um, we, we jump around and we do all sorts of different fandom recipes. Plus, we come up with our own recipes. Some recipes don't even have written down. They're just things, you know, I know how to do. I, you know, I've always done it. Uh, yeah, like what I do with those big minnows that I catch. Uh, I don't have a recipe for those. I just stuff like fruit and garlic inside and wrap them in bacon and put them on the grill. But And maybe someday, you know, maybe we'll do a mother-daughter cookbook or something. Many years back, I did a mother-daughter cookbook with my mom. And, uh, you know, we we solicited recipes from the extended family, and some jumped on board and helped. And uh, it still has some favorite recipes in it. Most people throw minnows back, but, hey, they taste all right. Seafood is expensive, and I can't always get a trout. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Next recipe, rubbity dub pud. I don't think we did this one. It calls for rhubarb, which is also... We don't have any growing in the garden. I have had limited success in growing rhubarb ever. It lasted... I had it growing for maybe two years. And, and it's kind of seasonal as to getting it at the grocery store. And even then, it's generally not there. You, it's it's generally rhubarb is something you find May or June. It's it's about the same time strawberries are available. You know, in the fields. Not, I know you can get strawberries in the store year round. We might be able to get it canned or jarred, but I think they want raw here. Well, you do occasionally see rhubarb in the store and. I do want to attempt to grow rhubarb yet again, um, and hopefully we'll have a better gardening year this year. No, there's no picture. What do you say this is? Is this a crumble? Is this a... Well, let's see. It calls it pud. I'm still not fully up on what constitutes pudding in the it's a British different sense. Than our, our I know it's nowhere near being American pudding, but I've also seen pudding just used to mean dessert in general. Mm-hmm. Well. The ingredients that aren't the rhubarb are what makes the pud. Uh, so, you know, it's flour, baking powder, salt, butter, sugar, milk. And so... Now, if you do come across a recipe that calls 
for rhubarb. Rhubarb does tend to need some sugar. So, uh... So maybe don't go with my general, oh, leave the sugar out, it doesn't need it. And, and, so, a pound of rhubarb and a half cup of sugar for this recipe, so... Yeah, to be fair, I'm somebody who likes fruit on the more tart or sour side compared to some people. I, I was, like, sucking on lemons as a baby. And, like, I'm, like, four, or maybe younger, and I'm, like, opening the bottle of lime juice in the fridge and, like, squirting it right into my mouth, so. (laughs) Next recipe, nunny molars. Now, we did this last year with kind of limited success. So, it's basically you got little pastry thing, and you put strawberry and a raspberry inside and you put a little honey and a raspberry strawberry jam and you like wrap it back up again and you bake it like that sounds pretty straightforward but when we actually did it it wouldn't hold together and it was more like a messy flat thing it tasted fine but it presentation wasn't there it's called nunny molars it's supposed to be honey moles but in mole speech, it's nunny molars. And we actually made some of them with orange marmalade, too. Um, which didn't change at all how bad the presentation turned it out. But Orange marmalade's good. Orange it? marmalade is good, so you could follow the original recipe or, you know, put whatever jam inside and see how it turns out. But... It's probably not going to hold together like it's supposed to. Treat it almost more like a fruit tart kind of thing at that point. Apple snow. I don't think we've done this one either. It's, uh... Well, think of it as basically an applesauce. And you beat up egg whites to make a meringue. And you're stirring up meringue... And the applesauce and serving it like that. So the meringue is not baked. So if you have any issues with raw egg whites. Yeah, there's a little warning about uh, a note about salmonella and raw egg white and saying the risk is small for most healthy people, which is true. I eat sunny side eggs all the time and, you know, I'd drink an eggnog with raw egg without fear, but the possibility is still technically there, and it talks about, you know, put the egg directly from the fridge to serving to minimize the risk, or if you really got to avoid all risk, you can substitute a powdered egg white instead and follow the direction on the package. Or if you have freshly fallen snow, skip the egg white and mix uh, applesauce in with freshly fallen snow. Yeah, it doesn't say to do that, but when I see something that says snow on it, that's what I think. Uh, The moss flower mold cider. It's mold cider. It's um, heating up cider with the spices and um, it's really good. Sugar and some lemon or lime. The lemon or lime, I would say, is 
another, they probably don't have this. Maybe I'm crippling because allspice is kind of, and cinnamon and all that, that's kind of tropical too. Yeah. Maybe they have some other tree barks or seeds that have a flavor that are just not... And also... It's fantasy, but I... Well, it's fantasy, so... It's fantasy, but... The author wants. Fantasy nerds overanalyze it. That's why we're nerds. Uh, Yeah, that was uh, the last recipe in the cookbook. So, yeah, this book, it's it's worth it. You You can get it and make the things, or you can try to make your own stuff, or... And a lot of fans have also come up with things of their own and put it on the internet and Yes, if you if you Google um fandom recipes there's so many out there. And recipes that are set in other worlds like Lord of the Rings. Um I I'd say Redwall Mouse and Hobbits have a lot of tastes in common, except for the meat thing. Uh I don't see them having chicken and... <laughs> Except, oh, in the cartoon, I look at this as almost possibly a mistake, but... They show some kind of roasted bird on the table in the Redwall cartoon, and Redwallers don't do that. Thank you. Redwall characters, at least on the good guy's side of it, unless they're, like, a bit... Crazy or eccentric. It's all vegetarian except for fish, shellfish. Mm. And then they make things more complicated by having a talking fish in one of the books. But uh, Maybe you're not supposed to think about that too hard. Well, anyway, it was fun reviewing this and... We're going to do more. We're going to review the Game of Thrones one and um, probably others too. And thanks for listening. Thank you. And If you have any recipes you've done you want to tell us about it, uh, message the Facebook page or uh, join the, the Facebook group that's also casted into the Fire Podcast and you know, talk about what you've done. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and... Uh, Have a good week.